Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball? Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Krangis McBasketball. Lots of stuff going down this week, Tim. It has gone from 0 to 60 really fast. Uh, going from the draft, the Lakers moved up, bought a pick, uh, got some unrestricted uh, drafts capital there and scotty pippen jr and cole swider um how you feeling man lots of stuff going Kyrie will likely not be a laker but i'm hearing from wendy that don't close that door just yet so how you feeling today it's been uh, so first off i'm in greece and i'm supposed to be relaxing <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm only doing this podcast because i ha- like we need to get this pot up and we've you know missed a bunch of stuff and we're cramming it all into this one I'm having a great relaxing time, but <laughs> then there's also the Lakers and so much <laughs> has been happening. I'm happy with a lot of it. I'm concerned with some things. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or a free agency, but I think people are looking at the wrong names for that. Um, I, I'm excited about this pod, though, because we put a bunch of work into it. And uh, I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, this is always what we trick ourselves into is because we can see like the minutia path to a decent team where you dig and un mm-hmm. you know uncover all these different grains of value that you're so good at finding in in these players in the fit and the scheme um but yes we did get most of the week we were texting each other i was like wait do we have to talk about Kyrie? And I was like, I kept thinking until maybe a day or two ago that all this was kind of leverage play for Kyrie. Like, yeah, I'll take the I'll take six million dollars and go to the Lakers. And uh, shocking that that is not what ended up happening. Not really. But it was looking more and more real there until he ended up opting in. Um, Now, there is still uh, a trade package on the table if the Lakers and Nets are able to get a third team like Charlotte or. Uh, Oklahoma City or Indiana or someone like that involved. Uh, how are you feeling on that front? Uh, do you think we can shut the door on this Kyrie stuff, or you think there's still possibly some uh, some something to be considered there? I think there's still a chance, but the signs of like what's actually happened in the past, you know, hour or two haven't been good. There, there was certainly a lot of smoke about this like tons and tons of people, everybody who had sources that, you know, would reach out or be part of the discord was like, yeah, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this. And it was all, it was all positive. Uh, but it all kind of felt like the Kawhi off season as well, hmm. where it, I don't know, it was hard to really buy into it because it might've seemed like a leverage play. So I don't know. I, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm going to shift my view towards moving forward from it. But if there's something to be had there, like go for it. Maybe like were they allowed? Are they allowed to be talking to those other teams? And sure, you know nothing's happened. Like I don't. Okay, so it's not like they had to wait until he opted in or something. Like you can, you could have. They could have like agreed to a deal before Russ even opted in. Shocking, um, but I think I think teams and on the Kyrie can s- circumvent uh, those rules. <laughs> yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. So I don't know. I'm trying to like come. I'm trying to think this through, and I don't know. I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but we well, can hope. Yesterday when it happened, we were recording this early on Tuesday morning uh, to get it out later Tuesday. You know, yesterday when the, when the Kyrie opt-in happened, I was like, okay, it's done. It's finally. And then I heard Windhorse today on his podcast was like, <laughs> it's no, the, this is maybe not over just yet. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Windy is uh, not always right, but I could see how he's like, cool, now I'm getting $30 million and I'd still want to go to the Lakers. So figure it out mm-hmm. or I'll, you know, mope in yeah. Brooklyn for the next, you know, 12 months. Uh, but moving on to actual Laker news, Lakers moved up uh, to the 35 pick in the draft. I know you had a great convo with Mike. I was sad I missed it. Love that guy. One of my favorite basketball minds to sit there and watch summer league hoop and talk about, 
why we like guys and, and the tools that translate more outside of this overall potential picture, these very specific zoomed in. This guy can do this thing. He can be good in this way. Uh, and he's one of my favorite guys to talk to. Um, and yeah, so the Lakers moved up to 35 and selected Max Christie from Michigan State, uh, which you have some experience with. How do you what's your thoughts on the Max Christie pick? Because I only watched a little bit of film. I have a little reservations, but it's obviously a very small picture of the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got really lucky in that I didn't know a single thing about 98% of the prospects the Lakers could have drafted. And the two guys, two of the guys they did go grab, Christy and then Swider, were the two guys like I brought to the table in the podcast <laughs> with Mike, where I was like, hey, what do you think of these guys? Because I actually, like, I follow them. Um, I watched a lot of Max Christie. He was a freshman in Michigan State this past year. I watched 75, 80% of those games live. Um, and I watched a lot of Cole Swider, not this season at Syracuse, but when he was with Villanova. And I like the Christie pick. He's a guy that, like, I, you know, before the Lakers drafted him, was, like, thinking about, like, where do I stack him with other kind of, like, one-and-done or two-and-done Michigan State guys? And I would have him below Jaron Jackson Jr. I'd have him below Miles Bridges. I'd have him below Gary Harris at the time. But he was kind of in that Gary Harris vein where it was like, I see the potential, but, like, we didn't really see the play at Michigan State, but I get why he's rated where he is. Uh, Still has some holes in his game. But I think he's a, a, a pretty good fit. I don't quite agree with people calling him a project. I think he's a project in that if you drafted him like in the lottery to be like a future star, yeah, he's a project. If you draft him for, for the Lakers to be a stationary shooter offensively and defensively be like a point of attack defender and not have a huge load on the offensive end and not be asked to play to his you know future potential wing stop herself because he doesn't have the frame for it yet. Like, if you stick him in a roles that work for him, I, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, you So the three-point shooting is something that he should bring. The percentages weren't really there with Michigan State. He started the season off really well, and for like 70% of the season, he was doing great from there, 36% or so, 35% on threes. And they were generally hard threes. Um, and then he kind of fell off for the month of February, finished the, the season okay, but his like overall three-point percentage was a little low. His catch-and-shoot three-point percentage was like 36% or 35% overall, so it wasn't, wasn't awful, but it wasn't hitting threes off motion well, wasn't hitting his threes off of like off-ball screens well. For the month of February, I looked at the film and uh, about 75%, I think it was, of his misses were short. That month, and it was a month where, like, they had a bunch of games. He was playing a lot of minutes. He was asked to do more defensively. So we saw him in his strength and his conditioning tested a bit and kind of fail and not stand up to the challenge. So that's an area that needs to improve, but he's not going to play that kind of minutes. He's not going to be in that kind of role. I think he fits in. I think he's someone that, like, you look at the strengths and they're what we need, and you look at the weaknesses and there's stuff we don't really care about right now, but he does have the short and long term potential as a player i like his floater game doesn't get to the rim well doesn't finish at the rim well he's super super light and that's a problem it's going to be a problem for him for a little bit but offensively i like that fit as a three-point shooter and then defensively he's you know not he doesn't have the bulk to really stand up to wings right now but he's really good on ball he navigates screens well he does a good job contesting in the rearview mirror around ball screens his chaser defense is usually good, but at times he'll get like caught ball watching and, you know, let the other guy get a head start and it doesn't work out well, but he rotates well. He's good on ball. He stays in front. He's got, you know, good length. So as a point of attack defender, I really like him. And I think that's a great fit if you have a guy like Russ playing point guard and you don't want him at the point of attack. So in that way, I think he complements and fits well defensively and should be a good team defender as well. So uh, overall, I like it. I definitely have concerns, but it's like, Put weight on. Definitely going to happen. Um, shoot, you know, like the prestigious three-point shooter that you were coming out of high school. He shot like 42% or something like that at like U16s, U18s. Um, he should do that. We should see that. And then the finishing piece is something that we generally see develop over time with guards and wings. So I feel pretty good about him. I think his shot form itself is good but needs to speed up a little bit. Uh, but overall, I think it's a good fit and, and a nice pick for the Lakers. I uh, admittedly, again, not much watched much of him. Uh, don't watch a ton of college hoop. Uh, it's tough. I So I can see why people called him a project, I think. Um, and, it, and to your point, 
the strengths he has will allow him to play sooner than a project. But if you're struggling with stamina and conditioning at the college level at Michigan State, you're going to put more time into that in the NBA, yes, but that's also going to affect how your shot changes how your body changes your Mm -hmm. shot then changes too because you get stronger there is a you know a natural reaction in that kinetic chain that changes as your body changes as guys get taller as the the center of gravity changes as yeah their muscle mass changes all that stuff and it's it's not like huge changes but you do need to recalibrate yourself and from what i've seen of his shot it's not what i thought it was gonna be after how people spoke about him like the movement shooting's not great. Uh, I like I agree his form's not awful. I don't think it's amazing either. I, so from what I've seen, a lot of my issue with his shooting is kind of his decision making. Um, and he's a young player, so a lot of this can be coached and and you know developed in him. But it's those moments where he's got like a little pin and flare or something there, and he just hesitates a little and then takes a dribble and and then puts the shot up, you know, with a good defender. Kind of had time to get back and um, don't love him attacking closeouts. There hasn't been much there that I've liked to, you know, I didn't see a ton of the floater game. Again, I only saw, you know, maybe 50 clips or so of him shooting. So it's... I, I still don't know what to think. It from what I've seen physically, he's more because they're these six six guys that come out right who will skew up. Where they'll be like, okay, in a small lineup, this guy could play a five and stretch. Uh, he's the guy who'll scale down to have like the point yep. of attack defense. To your point, uh, however, it's you know there is Kendrick Nunn coming back. He's going to be better at that and better in other ways. So it would be a Russ lineup where I could see him fitting in. And then, you know, you're going to have Russ on a two him at the point of attack. I'm still, you know, unsure how he'll react right away in the NBA. Cause these point of attack, you know, offensive players, point guards are so skilled at making you beat, uh, at beating you in different ways, getting fouls, getting, you know, the kickouts, getting the drive, the floaters. So there's a lot of, mm-hmm. There's a lot of new ways you can get beaten at the point of attack in the NBA versus college that you need to learn. So is he going to be able yep. to get there right away? Probably not, but it's just adjusting. It's it's always good for this scouting department to have a pick, to get a guy on team control, to use your development coaches and your G League to make this a good value pick. Um, but he's not of the skill set of an Austin Reeves who can step into the NBA pretty quickly and provide a versatile, you know, array of skills at varying degrees. This guy is a very specific two things, spot up shooting, point of attack defense. So that is still valuable for this team, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it's valuable today. And then three, four years Mm -hmm. from now, that's where I think we start to see him flash like the big picture, like Mm long-term upside. That is why like on draft night, Rob talked about like this guy is a guy that would have gone in the lottery next year. That's true. He like that, that was the expectation for him. And it's just that he's super young and he's just a little pretty good draft too, but like talent wise, there's good players above him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely – there were points of frustration I had with him during the season where like he would take a lot of shot creator, I'm the man mm-hmm. kind of shots. It would break a whole lot of them. Uh, so I get what you're talking about with like the decision-making mm-hmm. a bit. I think his role for this Lakers team will be a bit different than his role for that Michigan State team where he was like the number one, number two guy in a lot of lineups. So that hopefully will shift his behavior a bit. He's – apparently you know great work ethic wonderful team player don't think we're gonna have an issue from that standpoint so i think he'll you know be able to adjust his game appropriately to his role um but i don't know he's got a nice kobe turnaround fadeaway like i I don't know i like some of the stuff he's he's pretty good from a motion shooting standpoint he did a really good job in all of michigan state's awful sets that i don't like where they'd run him off like pin downs and flare screens for like long two-pointers like he was pretty good on those it was just extending that to the three-point range He, he just wasn't strong enough i think he needs to grow his his base and his lower body a bit so i don't know it's a lot of stuff that i think over time 
can can be fixed. But so you talked about his shot not, you know, it's better than you might have thought from people like tweeting out the like three point percentage and stuff. Not quite, you know, the purest of forms. Speaking of pure forms, the Lakers also went out and got another guy that I've watched more than like two games of, and that was Cole Swider, undrafted free agent. They got a couple other guys as well, but Swider's he should be and I mean he talked about it when he was interviewed. I he thinks he's the best shooter in the draft. I think he might be the best shooter in the draft. Um, he's someone that I really worry about the defense. He rotates okay, not good on ball, uh, but just can shoot the hell out of the ball. And I like the Lakers grabbing guys that should add some of that spacing because it should make guys like LeBron and Russ and AD better next year. So I, I did appreciate that pick as well. He is on a two-way, which last year we didn't see the team utilize much on the parent team. Um, they have in the past, mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that's not going to happen. But what do you see as the prospects, possibilities that Cole Swider could come in and pair a team and actually play 10 to 15 minutes or something this season? I think he can give you spot minutes and just be a really great spot up and off screen shooting threat, more spot up shooting threat, I think, but he, he's, he's a good movement movement shooter. So I question the defense. That's going to be what limits his playing time, but offensively he's got one NBA caliber skill and, and he's really good at it. Uh, Fabian white jr. Has some of that shooting, not to the same degree, but I think is a more well-rounded prospect defensively. So he's kind of like Christie where like, I get why he wasn't drafted. I get like where he went and his value because he's not one of those, like, this is the future of our team kind of guys, but he's one of those role players that can do some of the three, can do some of the D, and that's what the Lakers are looking for. So I'm I'm glad they grabbed him as well. Is he on the parent team or is he on a two-way? Uh, the two-ways you know are uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and Cole Swider. Okay. Christie's on the roster. Do we know if White is on the roster? I believe it's just the summer league. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then he's someone that I'd keep an eye out for because I think he could be another guy that can be a depth forward and just kind of hold his own and do a couple things. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't have too much on these guys. Uh, Obviously, we'll be watching Summer League. We'll have a little bit more to report on that end. Um, But the draft did not go by without the Lakers getting involved and finding possible margin, you know, little gains here. So that's that's still intriguing to me and, and a good use of their their, you know, cash considerations, as they call them. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Get get what you can get. Lean into that good scouting that they've had in the past. And I, I think they did that. And I'm excited about a couple guys. We'll have to see what ends up happening. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that they were at least involved, like you said, and, and took some shots because you, you can't hit if you're not taking shots at, at guys. And they, they threw a couple darts. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I'm I'm optimistic. So moving on here really quick, uh, you and the Discord have been going through your team for a day exercise, and I keep seeing you tweet W's on your, uh, your you know, uh, how do you call it, your, you know, <laughs> diagnosis of other teams and what could and couldn't happen. So how you, how y'all feeling over there? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we actually even upgraded the name this year, Tom. It's called Project Ghostbusters. I've been referring to it as both um, Project Ghostbusters. And the reason why is because the end result of it is we get to ask, like, who are you going to call for, for the Lakers and who they're going to be, you know, Tom's just dipping his head. Um, it, you're just connecting. It, it, well, it was a lot of work. Wow. I just... <laughs> I think it's great. It's not bad. It's fantastic. I think you're bored of dad. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Work slowly working towards it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So team for a day, it went well. Yeah, we've been seeing, if, if you've been following my Twitter, a lot of the like team and player option decisions or like we're going to guarantee this guy's contract to cut him, that kind of stuff. Not just for the Lakers, but big picture for the league. We obviously like we went through every single team and we're like, okay, we think they're gonna cut him, guarantee his deal. He's gonna opt out of that player option. They're gonna opt into that team option. And so far, we've—I mean, I haven't seen anything that we've gotten wrong. Uh, there's still a ton, a ton of action to happen, and we will get things wrong. And we got things wrong last year, but we learned from a lot of that, and I think we're gonna do well this year. Through that exercise, we were able to figure out which teams have what needs for their roster and how much spending power, and then took a look at the available free agents. And, you know, what their incumbent team would be offering them or can offer them compared to what the market would be offering them based on how they kind of slot into things. And then from that saying like, okay, 
this guy's gettable. He's going to get poached. This guy, you know, his market's not going to be as good as what the team can give him. He'll stay at his team, yada, yada, work your way down and say, all right, these guys are going to get cap space offers, full MLE offers, taxpayer MLE offers, you know, the BAE, the room exception, and then the minimum contracts. And from that, we were able to get a much more realistic look at who the Lakers could be considering for their taxpayer MLE and the number of minimum contracts they'll need to be giving out to fill out their roster this year. And it is <laughs> not good. Um, so how would you, if you had to categorize, like characterize, just, you know, big picture what you're seeing, Tom, with the names I sent over, how do you feel? Um, that, again, the, the middle class is dying. The middle, the middle class mm. of the wings are dying. And no disrespect, but even a guy like Mikhail Bridges, very, very good player. That contract, I do not think, is going to end well because a wing of his skill, and again, one of the better defenders in the league, the skills that he brings, the quality he brings, spot-up shooting, he's a very good player. I'm sorry. A $20 million, $25 million contract for a player like that, he is a 15 to $20 million player to me. Even it seems like a slight overpay, but that's the middle class to me of wing where he's not going to be the second best player on a championship team. He's probably not like, he's probably the third best player on a championship contender at best. And to have mm -hmm. two better wings or, you know, players above him in your, on your team is like, I guess maybe I should eat crow because Phoenix almost got there like two years in a row, but it's just at building a team in a future like that is very prohibitive because like Miles Bridges is another one, like very good player. I would fucking not pay him the max. I'm sorry. I would not pay him the max. And I, I think it's this, uh, the, uh, the explosion of these guys We're talking about Jeremy Grant being overrated because he's another one of these guys who can do a little bit of everything at the three and four positions. And this is the bottom of the barrel. These are the guys who the position's so valuable that even some of these players are worth considering when in reality, these players are not affecting your overall winning. I think winning and losing games. Yeah. It's a weaker class of free agents and the needs for teams are still there and the money for teams is still there. And that's going to result in like the market, you know, pricing guys above really what the value is that they're bringing in a number of different situations. And that's in the free market. And then looking at like, you know, teams trying to keep their own players when you have a miles bridges or a Mikhail bridges or these different guys, and you know, they're part of the future, but Maybe you're going to end up overpaying them a bit. A lot of these teams are in situations where it's like either I overpay or I lose this player, mm -hmm. especially if you're like one of the smaller market teams. And so those are tough decisions because you don't win contracts having a bunch of dudes who are overpaid on your roster. Right. But at the same time, you don't win uh, or championships. Not uh, Yeah, you don't win championships if you have like overpaid guys all over the roster. You also don't win cha championships if all your best players are just mm -hmm. leaving. So it's a tricky, tricky situation and you have to be shrewd. But like – Looking at the market, it it's it's going to be tough for the Lakers. And positionally, I'd say given who needs what kinds of players, if the Lakers were to decide to target a center with their taxpayer MLE, I think they can get a higher caliber of player among centers compared to a wing or a guard. Just given who has money and what they need compared to like what the the supply looks like. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, you might say, you know, this wing might be better than that big, you know, I maybe I value wings more than bigs, but the the big compared to right. other bigs available is, you know, a tier higher than what the wing is. So it's, it, I don't, we're going to go through it in a sec, but like, it's, it's a little bit tricky. Um, it is, especially considering and, they spent so much of their capital in the draft on wings. So you're going to keep mm -hmm. spending resources into wings. I understand it, it would just feel like an overcorrection to last season where they didn't put enough into it and it's they're putting too many resources all at once. You got to spread those resources out a little bit at one position or one group. Yeah. Right? Well, in, in my assumption, before seeing Jovan's article at The Athletic talking talking to, like him talking to Malik Monk um, and about what Malik would take to stay with the Lakers and, you know, take less than other teams would give him. Before that, I was thinking, okay, draft just happened. The Lakers threw three 
darts at, at the dartboard on wings and they're probably going to hit on some of them or, you know, they can be super small rolls and just, you know, do your job. Okay. We don't need you to be doing a whole lot, but if you can shoot and be competent defensively, you at least fit in a lot of these lineups. Um, you may be less talented than other wings on other teams, but you you can do what we need you to do. If, you know, assuming they hit on some of those, we're kind of okay at wing. You know, it's still weaker, but we're okay. And then we can, you know, take advantage of the fact that we'd be higher compared to other teams going after a center with that taxpayer MLE. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, go for center. You can get a pretty solid guy. They can start at center. AD can play power forward. You can kind of get AD more in that defensive role that uh, Darvin Ham talked about getting him back to that we've seen him succeed in as more of that helper, that secondary defender. So I was, you know, along that train of thought where it's like, yeah, added the shooting with the wings and some defense, go grab a good center, slot AD a little bit better. We'll see what happens with Russ trades. But then after that Yovan article, I'm like, oh, shoot, are the Lakers going to go give Malik Monk the, the MLE? Because um, it seems... It almost seems like doubling down on the mistake of last year is not like the overcorrection might have been going for a bunch of wings during the draft, but spending your like one real piece of capital on a wing, or I'm sorry, on a guard when you already have Nunn's coming back, Russ is coming back, Reeves is coming back. Like you've got some solid dudes there. That to me seems like we're again heading towards positional imbalance, which I'm concerned about. So here, before we get into the names, let's take a quick break. Um, I'm going to list off the names of different positions that I think stand out and we can talk about them. Um, So yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Tim. So these these are the names that I like. Okay, we're gonna put Malik Monk aside for now because um, Mm -hmm. we're talking now about players who were not on the team, who you know we haven't seen how they can fit in this um, system so far. So, and and I'm going in my order. There's guards, wings, bigs. You know who stands out to me? I'd be interested in. There's two players really, and then a kind of small cluster. And then, like, hard no. So the first one is Thaddeus Young. So on the big range, right? I think he would play the five next to AD even. I mean, it would be kind of, I don't know, irrelevant. I think he would be doing the five things next to AD. where it. But AD isn't shooting well enough. Thad could not really shoot these days either. So, I. but I like the... Um, the switchability uh, of Thaddeus Young, uh, he can. He's a smart player. I've always, I've just always liked Thaddeus Young as an underrated guy who can use his length and be imposing with length. I think it is a is another kind of Dwight Howard with a more switchy, focused, less drop coverage kind of scheme. Okay. 
I can see that. Yeah, he's, I mean, from a height standpoint, not really one of your more imposing guys. What is he, 6'8"? Um, he's very long, though. But he's got that mobility. He's got that switchability. Like you, yeah, like you're saying, he's got the length a bit. Three pointers weren't really a, a big part of his game this this past year. And I'm gonna pull up his numbers just to to double check some stuff. But defensively, he was really solid. He got he got our gold badge for picking people's pockets, a silver badge for intercepting, being an interceptor in passing lanes and a bronze uh, box out guru badge. He's just going to do a lot of the little things well. He rebounds well on the offensive end, holds his hold, holds his own defensively, and just from an impact standpoint, he was okay offensively, really, really solid defensively. And, you know, I, it's just in I, – I understand how from a fit standpoint it could – it can make some sense. I'm the concerned about the a shooting. Big problem. I think that has to the, be the concern. There either has to be improvement yeah. from him or AD, but like think of something like a lineup or a closing switchy lineup of like Nunn, Reeves, LeBron, AD, Young. Like that's a good defensive lineup. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And like when he was playing, he didn't play a whole lot this past year, but as a spot up player, he was in the 97th percentile efficiency wise. He, he shot, he's going one and a half points per possession on catch and shoot, you know, spot up jumper. So like small, small sample looked good. Um, if that can translate and, and that can be part of his game and he can just spot up well and then add the defense that we're talking about, I'm, I'm into it because there's mobility there. There's like a lot of that flexibility that you'd be looking for. He doesn't really have that history of three-point shooting to make me feel great about that small sample, but there's some playmaking, there's rebound. Like, no, I, I get it. He's, he's also getting old, too. He's yeah. like, he's 34. Like, what, 34? That's not, it's not that bad. It's not like he's so, 37. He's n- never been like mm-hmm. a super, he is athletic, but he's not like high-flying dunk on you. He's kind of always been a, a play on the ground kind of wing big, and he's become a big as the NBA's transitioned that way. I don't know. I just like him. I think he's maybe too old as well. Kind of worries me. Um, you do still have Wendy and Gabriel and Stanley Johnson, you know, but I like that young. I always have. Uh, moving on to the next so, guy. What's that? What would you give for him? Is is he a, is he a, he's a MLE guy from your perspective? Because that's what we have him going for. I mean, in, in, in the, the NBA, so, absolutely. Uh, it, the, the way it is right now, okay. he's probably like yeah like a seven million dollar player um but that kind of speaks to the scarcity of what he does and the value of having somebody switchy like that like i think a good contender is going to sign him and that will be a very solid rotational piece and i could see how he'd fit within the (laughs) lakers defense you know yeah yeah, I agree with that. We had him uh, – the projection is him going to Brooklyn for the MLE, but if the Lakers decide to go with a big, yeah. I, I see the fit. I could see him going to Milwaukee um, and to replace the Portis kind of – you know, Portis stretches the floor better, but he does a lot of the mm-hmm. same things uh, and c- contributes to their, their switchy defense and their length and, you know, just building that strength on strength. Uh, I'm just kind of – I think mm-hmm. where my focus is with this free agency is returning to the defensive identity – uh, and focusing on a clear, you know, modus operandi, a, a, not just okay. a, yes, have, have a very clear, this is what we do and you cannot beat it because I didn't see much of an, a good identity. And I know Vogel was trying to figure out something that would work for a lot of it. Um, and I think a lot of it's like offensively wasn't set up. It is not skilled to fix the massive problems that are on your roster, right? So defensively yeah. is my focus so, there. Well, last thing with Young, and I, and I think this would absolutely help there. I guess my concern, if Russ is still on the roster, is can you run a lineup that has no. like Thad Young, no. Russ, and AD together? Absolutely That's not. Like, so like Thad Young and AD is already kind of stretching it, but I can see none sliding mm-hmm. in. Put Reeves there. You have secondary playmaking. The ball would move. Um, and I think spacing would be there enough for uh, LeBron, Reeves, you know, a nun. And if AD yeah. can stretch to 18 feet at least, it it could be all you'd need. Yeah. For, for a dominant defense. It, yeah. I'd- Right. And and I think a theme we're going to experience today, it's not like you you know, like picked a bad guy I disagree with. Like I agree with a lot of the skills. The fit's just going to yeah. be tough just given the spending power the Lakers yeah. have. 
if this is like the one bullet you're going to spend, it's tough to go with a guy that can't fit with those other players. But then at the same time, like, will Russ be starting? Will Russ be coming off the bench? And I don't know. This team in general has a lot of fit issues depending on who's playing where. So I like it. What was another name that stood out to you in, in the list? I saw? So the other name that stood out to me is Ricky Rubio, um, partly because I think he's more valuable than this. And look, if you're going to get another guard, getting somebody who is at least going to play defense is not a bad option. Um, and again, I think this speaks more to the rest of the players on this list than Ricky's fit with the Lakers. Cause I'm it's, he's not, not a great shooter. He has gotten better. He's shooting more, I think than he ever has, but it's not, it's, it's like Rondo, right? Like the numbers percentage wise look good, but the impact on the spacing is not there. The impact on creating, lanes and being a part of a spaced you know deep offense is not there but he's a, he's a, yep. someone to set the table and it, it's a better rondo in that role with somebody with a high iq who i think is a culture positive you know and somebody who again can play defense at least i know he's coming off a serious injury <laughs> And aging as well, but I've always yeah, also had a soft spot for mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio. I think he's probably more expensive than this. Yeah. If, if he was healthy this year, right. the whole year long, Cleveland ends up doing right. much better. Yeah, like he really was helping power what they have going on with them getting Sexton back. And I think at this point, likely retaining him, they don't have that need for, for Ricky. So he's going to be moving on. They don't have that like incumbent team advantage. We're going to like keep him, you know, pay him a little bit more to keep him or have, you know, re- you know, rights for him or something like that. I could see him being available. When is he healthy? Right. Is a concern of mine. And how, um, how does he look? And then how does he look? Cause we've been burnt with yeah. Ariza with the ankle. We've been burnt none. with none, not playing a single freaking game. Yeah. Um, so we've, you know, it's a risk. There's risk involved yeah. there, but I mean, I look at his perimeter shooting like you do. It's not going to be an asset. It's going to be a liability. But then I also see like 47% of his threes are pull-ups this past year. That's interesting to me. He was was taking the shots to hold you accountable – as a as a I mean, look, when, and when Jared, he shot 36% on Paul When threes. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are rim running, yeah, you're going to have some space to take a mm-hmm. second and like launch into a wide open three because they're collapsing on the giant dudes who can just tap it in. What? Yeah, and he's a great playmaker. Like I, I'd love to see him with AD. I'd worry about exactly what the defensive coverage looks like, but I, I see his C-plus three-point shot quality, and I say we can raise that. But if he can shoot 36% on pull-up threes and, and, you know, you have to actually defend it, that changes things. That opens things up for AD. That opens things up for LeBron if he's the screener. That suddenly makes them way more effective as rollers because then you do have, you know, you're, you're, you're not allowed – you're not allowing the defense just to have their big man camp in the paint and take away the roll. So I see that as a potential enabler. It hasn't been a strong point of his game and we don't know what it will be looking like, but – that to me is interesting and his playmaking for years has been really, really good. So so I see the fit. I see the pros as a perimeter defender. I like a lot of what I see from him. My concern would be, okay, you're going to go point guard with him. We can't play him and Russ no. together. Um, he in some ways has some similar concerns so, as so let's build Russ the lineup quick, from a spacing right? standpoint. Like Rubio, Reeves, LeBron, Stanley, AD. Not a lot of shooting. So Reeves yeah. needs to shoot. Not a lot yeah, of shooting. Reeves needs to shoot better but than But that's going to be probably a pretty shot. good yeah. switching defense. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. I, I guess. I don't the, think dominant, the but they're pretty there good. With this. Okay. Okay. I think the I Thad Young lineup would be better, but I think there's. Yeah, it's. Again, it's a nice thing to have and i we kind of do have this with none hopefully if he comes back healthy to have a defensive guard to slide in late game situations and you know i think we both accepted like it looks like russ is going to be on this team so you got to build you got to build around that weakness in in a meaningful way if you know i don't give a damn if he doesn't want to come out of the game in late 
late game situations. If he's not providing what the team needs, you need to have something there to replace it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting pick. I see the upside. He's going to be more, be more valuable than this. His his value is deflated based on the injury, but then at the same time, there's risk associated. And the fact that he's a point guard, Russ is a point guard, they can't play together, that that part's challenging. But the skill set itself, like I see the vision and I see the fit and I can see how it can help like LeBron and AD play better. So this is an interesting one as well. I, I don't, it, I, depending on when he's able to play, I don't know if they'd be willing to take mm-hmm. this risk or not, but I, I can see like a team like Milwaukee mm-hmm. grabbing him and Boston. just saying like, we'll be fine. Like we'll at a team level. Yeah. At a team level, we'll be okay. Short term. You get healthy when you're healthy. And then that really raises our ceiling. The Lakers, I yeah. don't just given how many guys on this roster are going to be either like rookies or min guys. Yeah. I don't know if they can afford to not hit the ground. Agreed. So that I agree. might be from a, from a reality standpoint, what they might be thinking. I think that could be a, yeah. a barrier, but skill wise, I, I understand. And, and it's, it's falling into the same trap as last year. These older players hurt a lot, you know, and anyway, let's move on from yep. Rubio. This is two guys that stood out a little bit. I'm trying to hit some of these names a little bit faster. The other two ones that stand out is kind of like, okay, um, are Lonnie Walker. We think that he is not going to be retained by the Spurs because uh, they have they have money. Lonnie Walker is just ending his rookie mm-hmm. contract. You know, he was a top ten pick. What what's the uh, Lot like logic or motivation for the Spurs to say, although the I saw you tweeting like about DeJounte Murray, like, did he commit a crime? Why are the Spurs just like gonna trade him <laughs> and say he's very good at basketball? Well, Tom, when you can dump the best player you've had in years <laughs> to get a 14% chance at a guy that is like 17, that looks like he's going to be real good, you know, you've got to really lean into that 14% chance. Like, come on, man. I don't know. What did he do? DeJounte's good. He's really solid. He had an excellent year. He, I'm going to just keep saying this. The Spurs barely played on national television. I don't think people realized how much of a jump he took this past season. He's all and defense, maybe they right? Don't believe all it. defense first team, I think. Um, he Wait, he was one of them, and, and he definitely yeah. should have been. And, and offensively, he had a pretty big jump. He, I think if he ends up getting moved, the odds of Lonnie Walker staying with the Spurs increases. And the reason for that is because Walker can't shoot. <laughs> like his three-point shooting is not there. And that's a problem, and it does not fit with DeJounte. And when, when Walker plays the two-guard, DeJounte plays the one-guard, you just can't play them together. So for a lot of reasons, I don't see him being a dude that they really – want around he's not a 1v1 guy doesn't space the floor his finishing is is okay it's good his playmaking's all right but it's not okay. really where you want it to be for him to be like a ball handler and his defense stinks. well wait how uh, how bad so, is the shooting because i thought it was just okay lottie walker uh let me see his he shot 31 percent on threes on b right, shot quality no he's in the first percentile I'm for three-point no shot longer maker. interested it, yeah, it's just death. another. You just it, you got to have a better. The, fit. the the age is where it comes in for me. Where like some of these guys at this age, there is an ability to get more value off of a contract, like Malik Monk, that you know, bad situation, mm-hmm. asked to do the wrong things. But no, I'm I'm actually have no interest in hearing any more Lonnie Walker unless you really want to. <laughs> so you can just move on. No, he, he, he just, just doesn't, doesn't fit. fit. Yeah, yeah, like I don't. You got to grab someone that could shoot. Yeah. Yeah, especially if he's a two like you, you can't go Russ, Lonnie, LeBron, oh, no. Stan yeah, Johnson, and AD stop. like LeBron's the only shooter please in that no. lineup. Like, holy. Yeah. So I get the intrigue, but not for the Lakers team based on how they construct it. All right. Talk to me about Jeremy Lamb, who's somebody we've talked about. I feel like two seasons off seasons in a row. Yeah, I think we did. Didn't I we? think we did. Uh, he seems like a familiar, a familiar name for the podcast. Uh Another two guard, he also doesn't shoot the ball all that well from three, but I see upside because he had F three-point shot making, or I'm sorry, F three-point shot quality um, and D plus three-point shot making on the verge of C minus. So if you increase that, he can give you a better percentage and he already shot 32%. So uh, I like his finishing at the rim. He doesn't create much at the rim all that much. Uh, His playmaking's fine. He's a good ball mover. Defensively, he's fine. Um, 
But, well, no, I should take that back. Defensively, his impact was fine, but he was in a low activity role. He was hidden on defense. They didn't have him guarding anyone difficult. Uh, they hid him as much as they possibly could. And I don't think that fits with a team that has Russell Westbrook, LeBron James wanting to be more of a roamer and helper. Like, I I see that. I struggle to see the fit defensively, but offensively, I see a couple of skills that make sense. And I, I see that perimeter shooting that I think the Lakers could prop up a little bit. Okay. Uh, and then some of the rest of these names are just like, can how dare you put Damian Jones on this list? Hey, the Lakers, he's, no, he's, he's going to be available. I specifically asked you to never say his name again. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. He went out this year. He had a great season. Um, he's he's more valuable now than he was a couple of years ago. Um, but let's can I just read all the names Please. on the list? Because I don't okay, think people well, have a good grasp on Let's read just the taxpayer MLE list because this is not even like the bad okay. bad. These are these are non minimum guys, y'all. Yeah, these are the highest. This, 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 exactly, this is the cream stuff. of the crop here. Yeah. So Ricky Rubio, Dennis Schroeder, Lonnie Walker are the guards. Among the wings, we got Jeremy Lamb, Troy Brown Jr., and then for bigs, you've got Montrezl Harrell, JaVale McGee, hey, familiar names, Damian Jones, hey, familiar name, Thad Young, we talked about, uh, Bielitsa, and Derek Jones Jr., which you can kind of categorize different ways, but was used as a big this past year. It's not a great list. It's not. None of those guys are like, I want that guy to be the big boost to this Lakers team. And I, I think f- from my perspective, the bigs – like I mentioned before, like they're a little bit higher up on the totem pole, the Lakers and where they'd be picking than some of the guards and the wings. Like there are better wings available. Lakers can't afford them. There are a lot of teams that need wings and a lot of teams that need wings that have more money to spend mm-hmm. than the Lakers and are just better you know, situations. Honestly, better yeah. locations, yeah. better situations. Either they'll be starting uh, and the Lakers may not have this guy starting. Or, like, you're not going to start over LeBron yeah. James or if, if like, LeBron's 3 and 84, like, they're not starting. Um, or you're in a better position to win. You know, like it or not, this Lakers team is more than a move or two away from being a real title title contender. So, you know, the Clippers, they're a team that guys who want to chase rings, they're going to go for it. The Lakers right now, this season at this moment, aren't there yet. They've got work to do. And you can no longer just assume that guys are going to, like, take big discounts to come to the team. But... At the same time, we saw a guy like Kendrick Nunn turn down like he had a Knicks offer for more money. Um, He ended up coming to the Lakers instead last season. So there's still some hope that can happen. Monk was more valuable than he got a deal for. And that was more because of off-court stuff that I don't want to talk about. Um, But I, I don't know. Maybe the Lakers will get someone to fall, but... There are a lot of good teams that need wings, and the Lakers just aren't in the same caliber of spending power to go grab those guys. So, would you give like Monk the taxpayer MLE over all of these guys? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, I don't think the positional balance is fantastic. I think you need to, you have a lot of work to do with the min contract players, but I think Malik Monk's certainly the most talented player. On the list that we've talked I think, about, even with our concerns yeah. about his defense, he's far and away the best offensive right. player on this list. Absolutely true. I still, I still think I might take Thad Young over Monk at this point. Okay. I, I I love Monk. Watched this last year. I, I would love to have him back. Um, but the the accumulation of resources toward a backup too that you know best case scenario can start. He might be the starting. Well, two. right, right, but yeah. Is he starting two on a good defensive team? Probably not. So, no. uh, again, my focus is toward the defensive yeah. side of things and, and for this team to reach its ceiling. So I I just like what Thad can provide the team on defense a little bit more. Okay. Did you see uh, a week ago, two weeks ago? I don't know. Time isn't real. In <laughs> uh, I looked at, I was tweeting out about how, like, if you look at the Lakers compared to playoff teams, you know, how many playoff caliber starters do they have? How many player cal- playoff caliber yeah. rotation players do they have in their lineup this past season? Malik Monk, if I remember correctly, he was slotted in as like a sixth man on the, like a, a playoff mm-hmm. contender. So like you're saying, like maybe he's not a starting two right. caliber dude, starting shooting guard caliber dude, but He's like high up in the rotation. And so the fact that he would be potentially slotted into that starting small forward position 
our shooting guards position kind of speaks to what the Lakers are working right. with money wise, but at the same time is someone who belongs in, in that rotation. And some of these guys just yeah. don't. So, I mean, those are the options. Like I could see Bielitsa. I I think he's just, like the the stretching big is nice. He's just yeah. I don't think a twenty five to thirty minute player um, on a good team. Offensively, I love the fit. Defensively, if you want to slot eighty not as your like center, he's not the, the guy to really make yeah. that happen. Um, although I, I guess I can kind of like if you're running mobile screen coverages with him and he's like hedging or whatnot, and then you need rotations behind it. AD can be rotating behind it, so I can see it working. But he's by no means any sort of like anchor rim defender, and he has holes in his game. But I like his shooting. I like his playmaking. He's like a legit like really solid passer. Um, so he's someone that I think we should keep an eye out for because from a fit standpoint. He fits much better with like a starting unit than Trez or JaVale or Derek Jones Jr. I, I guess Thad Young just because of the shooting, Damian Jones because of the shooting. He's like the one guy on that list that can like actually space the floor well and is, is a real big Okay, guy. really quick before we move on, and I want to rapid fire after this, but we, we didn't say a single thing about Dennis Schroeder to overpay or not an overpay. It's like a overpay for resources. You know, when you already have Kendrick Nunn, you'd bring him, you'd be bringing him in like as yeah. a shooting guard. So it doesn't make a ton of sense, like construction wise. I still think the Lakers could use what he brings to the table a lot like they used in, in 21, but it's just not, it's just a bad resource play in my opinion. So mm-hmm. let's rattle off these minimum guys. Okay. This is, and I'm going to add one to you. I'm going to add one for you. Uh, it was not here. Okay. Uh, so here are the guards. Uh, Bryn Forbes. Is that Damian Lee? Uh, yes. Rajon Rondo, uh, Facundo Campazzo, and Alfred Payton. No? Can I? Can Thumbs I answer? down. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I, 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 I forgot to uh, disclaim this with uh, if you have children in the car, you might want to turn this away because adult content is coming with these absolutely offensive <laughs> options. So carry on. Wings. Lance Stevenson. Uh Denwell House. You have Baysmore back. Kevin Knox. Josh Jackson revival. Or Rodney Hood, whose leg is not falling off yet. Would you like can I interest you in a Lamarcus Aldrich? Can I interest you in a Bismack Biombo? I think is better than a minimum player. I might maybe it was just Chris Paul making him better, but okay. All right. That's fine. This is my point about Damian Jones, though, Tim. I'm nodding at that. This is my point about okay. Damian Jones. I truly believe like 19 guys couldn't be Damian Jones in what, what they do. Whoa. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. And, and, and honestly. Slander. Why grab Damian Jones when we have Bismack Biombo? Yeah, I mean, I see such me? a small difference oh, between disrespect. these people. Um, <laughs> Gorgie Dang. Um Who's what's bright? Who's bright? What the fuck is that? Oh, uh, Thomas, Thomas Bryant. Bryant. Former Wait, Laker what? Thomas Bryant. There's and Gorgie Jang and Thomas Bryant, two guys that could maybe space the floor. Dart throw. Hold up. Hits. So Thomas Bryant, I thought he was under a longer contract. He's just been dealing with injuries the last like two years. Because no. he had a really good season. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I he had a know. really good season <laughs> right after he left he was, the Lakers. Yeah, he was good on the Wizards that one year. Interesting. I, he, he'll be available. Interesting. That I'm intrigued by that. Not gonna lie. I mean, I know I understand his weaknesses, okay. and, but the the value could be there. He's still a young player. Gorgie Dang, DeAndre Jordan revival, Bruno Fernando, Ed Davis, Greg Monroe, Luke Cornett, Robin Lopez, Tristan Thompson, Blake Griffin, Carmelo, uh, Paul Millsap, Markeith Morris. Okay, one. There's one you did leave out here. That's not who I was mentioning, but Isaiah Hartenstein. Has gotten a lot of no. He's gonna get a full MLE. You think so? He's gonna get a full MLE, Tom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even I like him that much. I Houston's just... gonna go for that. He's he's a elite rim protector. He's one of the better perimeter like on ball defenders among centers. Good finisher. Uh, he he grew a lot this past year, and for a Houston team that is gonna be one. Them in, in Minnesota are gonna be full MLE teams. They need in Houston. They need a good defensive center that's gonna start. That kind of fits their timeline age wise, and he's that guy. 
So I, well, I they're going to start Shingun, aren't a they? Really, really good fit. Maybe. That's why they traded Wood. Okay. I'm just spitballing here. Um, No, thank you to the full MLE for Isaiah Hartenstein, but maybe that's just, maybe I'm biased from my previous views. Is there anyone else on this list that stands out to you? Like, like, I just named all of them. So do you care about, or interested (laughs) about any of them? I, okay. So among the guards, no. And I think the Lakers have better options internally. Um, among the wings, House, you could throw a dart at. Bazemore, I would throw a dart at. Josh Jackson, I don't I, – with Josh Jackson, you kind of hope he's going to do the Stan Johnson thing where it's like really good shot quality. He'll produce okay three-point percentage and he'll give you good defense. Um, those are the guys that I'm interested there. From a big standpoint, I think Gorgie Jang or Thomas Bryant are interesting like – dart throw stretch big options that have some defense to them. Cornette can shoot, but doesn't have the defense with him. Mello can shoot, doesn't have the defense. Keefe, <laughs> looking at his data, his three-point shooting was never there like any season except for that like period of time he was with us. So I understand why people feel good about him or felt good about him, but I don't think that's worth the investment. Um but he's still, you know, a mobile, switchy kind of guy. He's, he's getting older, though. He's falling off a bit physically. I, I don't know. I don't love it. This isn't a good list. <laughs> these, these players aren't very good. But these are the players that are going to be available. I, like, there are better players that other teams are going to be able to go grab. But for this Lakers team, I, I think you've, you've got to throw a couple darts and hit on a couple guys to to really make the most of, of this roster. And I think you just have to go for fit and understand that some of the players you're bringing in are limited from a skill set perspective and you just need to grab like the skill set that's most important to fit around the better players. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie that I am kind of intrigued by Thomas Bryant, but that's, it would have to be minimum minimum and, you know, under the mm-hmm. assumption that he is healthy and like I, although to be perfectly honest, they'll probably just bring back Mello. Yeah. I think that's likely. Can I, I'll throw a couple more names at you. Wes Matthews is a guy that in kind of game planning, how this would all go, we're thinking is going to return to Milwaukee on a raise from his men. He fit, he played minutes. He likes it there. We ghosted that man. We did not text him back. back. Why would he take us back? (laughs) But you know, new, new coaching staff. Maybe Rob might be responsible. But okay. Uh, Javon Carter, kind of same deal. We, he would be a minimum option guy, but we're thinking Milwaukee, again, Milwaukee, uh, can just bring him back on the raise. And especially if they go grab like a Ricky Ruby or something, like he'll be able to play some minutes and, you know, enjoy it over there. Would you would you go for Javon Carter? Uh, for a man, sure. Yeah. I thought he was okay, okay in the playoffs, actually. He was actually playing minutes, but okay. he, he did get benched eventually. <laughs> And then we've got Joe Ingles, who, you know, injured. He's a guy that Portland's going to look to resign at, to use as like a trade ship, not as like an on-court asset this upcoming year. Um, maybe maybe he plays. Maybe he's good. I don't know. I think it's over um, for Joe. Sorry, I don't Joe. think he's playing at all, yeah, right? I think, yeah, I think he's, he's getting older, too. Yeah. He's really getting older. Yeah. I think the Clippers has approached. PJ Dozier, yeah. It's unfortunate because he, he had been playing like decently. But, also, um, Torres ACL, yeah. PJ, right? And then PJ Dozier... Yeah, he's currently a free agent. He's not like coming off a contract. Like he missed time because he's coming off he an injury. Yeah, got injured. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so another potential dart throw. Maybe he's able to recapture some of what he was doing, which already wasn't all that valuable, but maybe is valuable enough to get an end of bench roster. Spot. I mean, I'd rather have Staley Johnson doing that stuff. Yeah, same. And they do same. So that's where. So that's what it's looking like, folks. You're not getting Gary Payton II. You're not getting Otto Porter Jr. Nick Batum's not coming over. Like, there are a lot of players. I, I went through five different articles right before this and looked through, like, here are the guys the Lakers should target. And, like, 65% of the names are guys that shouldn't be available. Maybe someone I mean, falls. Maybe someone takes a discount. You didn't bring up Josh Okogi. I don't think we have as many of those. He's going to go for more than what the Lakers should be able to offer, I believe. Let me go see what we had him at. He also can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a concern with him. He's a good defender. Uh, 
Okay, he was someone that we had Orlando offering some money at as Orlando's rebuilding as a he's 23 he's a, he was in his 23 his age 23 season this past year only played 500 minutes um he should be let like Minnesota should just let him walk we think Orlando's going to throw money at him as they're not they have cap space but their timeline isn't soon so they're going to be looking for like younger guys who might fit that future timeline and he he could be worth a dart throw for them that's it i mean that's not as exciting as maybe some of our other years past <laughs> where we got to so, sorry, put folks. some pieces together in an interesting way. It's like, oof. It's tough, man. Yeah, well, it's reality. We'll see. I mean, if the Lakers do end up looking at these guys, like if they're, you know, Thomas Bryant or Bielitsa or, or you know, I mean, we nailed Kendrick Nunn last year. So if they grab one of these guys, you're at least a little bit more familiar with their game. Hopefully we're wrong. Like, I hope they go grab someone great that, you know, takes big, cut the pay cut to go play with them but I, I don't know that that's realistic so this is hopefully better setting setting the bar for what could happen yeah it's there's no there's not going to be a magic bullet here um they're gonna need to rely on internal development and good margin plays to reach their maximum potential and you know if mm-hmm. you were expecting like i said at the top of the show a uh, a Kyrie Irving for the taxpayer MLE to save this team. Like you were not paying attention to how the league works these days. Um, yeah. So that's it, Tim. Um, free agency starts yeah. this Friday. So, I mean, I know you're on vacation, but if stuff goes down, I'll, I'll be around if, if I'm not working, obviously to uh, maybe we'll do like a, a green room or something, whatever you call it. Um, like we yeah. did last year. Yeah, I mean, I'll hop into space. Yeah. We can do, uh, I mean, on draft night, I hopped in really quickly and talked about Max, Max Christie to people live in the Discord. Um, we'll see, again, we'll see. Yeah, what let's time do is. Discord. Like, I'm, I'm in Greece right now. It's 8 p.m. Um, yeah. It's 8 p.m. here. It's like in the morning for yeah. you. So we're on very different time zones. So it, we'll see what actually happens. I'm waking up every day to a bunch of notifications, and it's made me really appreciate the international fans that we have that aren't you know, in that Pacific time zone or I'm in the central time zone and it's a couple time zones away and it's like, oh, this is annoying, but it's still like so much better than than being whatever time zone I'm in right now in Greece. Like shout out to all the people that are watching these games at crazy times yeah. of night or following this stuff and listening to the podcast. We've been getting more and more people, you know, reaching out and, and sharing their gratitude and joining the community and, and that's awesome stuff. Um, one last thing I want to mention, Tom, just like last year, I, I did reach out to a couple of people, I don't want to say representing, but representing different teams to say like, Hey, would you take this deal for Russ trades? And I was able to get like the OKC guy to take Russ in a first round pick just to unload him. And I think the Lakers may be able to do that as well in real life. I just don't know. I don't think that they're willing to do that unless they get like something real back in return. So I get why it might be available, but it's not of interest to them. But that was something I was able to do. And then on the Charlotte front, looking at potential deals there from from the Charlotte perspective, uh, I got agreement on a Ross in 2027 first rounder for Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, Kelly Oubre. I got same Laker package for Terry Rozier, uh, Mason Plumley or Miles Plumley. I forget which Plumley it is. And uh, Kelly Oubre. So there are some options there. I think if you can do the Charlotte one, you go do the Charlotte one because uh, you get several like rotation players back. There's some, you know, quote, ad, unquote, uh, long-term money involved there. But if you're just going to throw your eggs into winning now, it's maybe worth a, a look because you get multiple rotation players back and you don't have to be grabbing guys from that minimum minimum list we talked about. So a couple of things to, you know, it, there might be some path forward for trades. We'll see what ends up happening. But yeah, you know, stay, stay following and keep an eye out for us going live in whatever, whatever you know, arena that ends up being to talk through what's been happening. I mean, to be fair, we're assuming Russ is not going to get traded partly because... That's what we've been being told by people like Stein and and other reporters, mm-hmm. and he couldn't be traded until now. So we're just getting to the point where he can legally be traded. So that they, they couldn't do anything. So maybe it was leverage as free agency and things do start to shake out. You know, you never know. I I personally would probably prefer the um, 
Rozier deal, I guess. Yeah. But I, I've heard the Lakers want to keep their books like and keep that 50 million coming off the books. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for what's going down. And if anything big happens, we'll hop on and at least do like a discord or, or Twitter spaces or something. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So if you want to get all uh, space, we got, you know, we're having conversations at, you know, four in the morning, three in the morning, whatever specific <laughs> time as well. So uh, really around the clock coverage and, and good talk in there. If you want to get in on that, check out the link in my bio or DM Tom, the podcast uh, at Laker sex pod or Lakers X pod um, or me, Tim on NBA, a five star review of the podcast. We'll get you in there. If you want to get different levels of access, see the, the bonus pods, see the X's and O's sessions, check out the different tiers we have available. I want to shout out really briefly, uh, Zach Harris, Q Daddy-O, iPod Shuffle, Romario, Chamber, Miguel, uh, TJ, T. Shuttleworth, Omar, Ham Slam, which great name, uh, Eric and Roy for living the high life with us in the owner's box. And then as well to all the folks in the courtside <laughs> and lower bowl tiers. So check that out. That group's just growing and growing. We've had really, really great discussion. And it's interesting hearing, you know, what the sourcing is saying and what ends up happening versus what was available. Um, so lots of good discussion in there. Come, come join us.